Hello and welcome to episode 34 of a podcast with myself, Ollie, and old man Glenn. How are you doing, Glenn? I'm all right. I'm not, not quite that old, Ollie. I'm, I'm still still young enough to, to enjoy having a podcast on a Sunday night still. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting. We've just been having a long chat before we start recording this week because, um, yeah. you know, you've been doing the agenda this week. I've been dodging any responsibility of any work like I do during the week, I suppose, Ollie. But um, no, it, it's interesting. We've got a lot to unpack, haven't we? And I think we've got like a four page yeah. agenda um, with figures. And graphs, so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting this because I mean, looking at the week as a whole, Ollie, it's um, three points out of a week, which I suppose in our relegation problems wouldn't look too bad on 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 the surface of it. But you know, for the most part of those two games, we've basically been outplayed, so it's been a very odd week, hasn't it? It has been an odd hmm. week. Yeah, it started. I did the um, financial podcast with Ant oh, on yeah, Monday, um, and then obviously, yeah, we had the Plymouth game, and then obviously we've had the build up to Saturday, and then all the aftermath of the game. So it's been. Yeah, it's been quite a, um, a f- frantic week, mm, I'd say. Very um, true. Lots of discussion points, and God, there's been, like since the game ended on um, yesterday, there's been enough um, discussion points to fill a podcast on its own. So, um, plenty for us to get into and just um, get our teeth into it. I don't think we'll get through all of it because there's no. just so much. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, an- another interesting week um, on and off the pitch in the in the world of Shrewsbury Town Football Club. It is, it is, and it goes from the football to the fan reactions to what the manager's saying to, you know, everything really, isn't it? And players' um, reactions. Players' reactions, yeah. Players' fan reactions. Yeah, it all, it all, all sorts, sorts of stuff. So I think we better just leave it there with the intro and get on with this. But yeah, yeah we will start uh, by looking at the uh, away trip to Plymouth Argyle on Tuesday night. Salford, getting to Beckles, now up and beer. He's got round wisely, gets across the round. Filmed away by Neil, shot comes in. So Shrewsbury started this very important week um, in terms of trying to escape the relegation trouble with a trip to Plymouth Argyle on Tuesday night. In uh, you know, always a tricky place to go, but it always feels a little bit more tricky on a Tuesday night um, due to the distances involved. But yeah, it was uh, not to be a win. Unfortunately, it was two one to Plymouth with the first goal from an ex player, Freddie Lapado, on eight minutes, um, cancelled out by Ollie Norburn, uh, who scored a rebound from a pen, and then Graham Carey scored Plymouth's penalty on 89 minutes, which was a bit of a kick in the teeth, but um, that's not really a, f- a true reflection of the game, I suppose. Um, I think there was about 120 town fans that went down, so... 174. Fantastic, really. I mean, I, I didn't yeah. go. I watched it on the iFollow, um, which is which was, you know, good. I think I've, I've been critical of iFollow a lot, but on the Tuesday night games in, in situations like this, I could see the, completely see the merit of it. But um, yeah, in terms of in terms of the stars of the whole, a whole day, I think in terms of, of that trip to Plymouth, the fans deserve the most credit, I think. Yeah, definitely. And um, it was funny because um, Radio Shropshire were located actually in the way end because their Plymouth ground's been renovated. Yeah. Um, and you could hear the Shrewsbury fan fans all all the way through the game. So fair play to them. Um, it would have been a, yeah, that would have knocked them for the rest quite a bit of the week um, getting home that late. So full credit to them. Shame they didn't get to see a point or three points. Yeah, yeah. Shame Rickett said that at the end, didn't he? But um, we'll move on to the team, really, I suppose, who, who started in the game. So. Arnold started in goal with the the percent three centre backs of Williams, Waterfall, and Beckles, with Grant sitting in front of them. Wally and Goldburn as the as the wing backs. Um, Laurent Norburn and then Campbell and Payne up front. So Payne got his first start since coming back to the club. And I think after what happened to Rochdale, I think um, I think I said on the podcast last week that he's due a start, and whether he took took it an, enough of that advantage of taking that start, I don't know. But I think he was due a start, wasn't he, Payne at least? Yeah, I think um, Ricketts was keen to stress that he'd worked really hard in training since he's come back to get his fitness up and. Yeah, I mean, they did too bad. Um, all strikers at the moment are living off scraps. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I think he did. He did a few good. His first fifty minutes very quiet, but he did come into the game, did a few nice bits and stuff. But yeah, it's a shame we don't have that Stefan Payne that we had last season when he was just unbelievable mm. um, and anything that touched him went in. But um, you know, it's preseason and obviously he'll be with us. He should be with us next season, I think. Yeah, I'm hearing rumours. Sure. but we'll come to rumours yeah, later so, on. <laughs> yeah, so interesting to see where yeah where we are. So yeah. Um, Interesting in terms of team selection again, more changes. Grant coming back, yep, um, which is an interesting one. Um, so yeah, so I think it's fair to say, Glenn, that the first half was pretty shy. <laughs> I mean, did you watch it live on iPhone at the time, or did you? Watch no, it back? I didn't actually. I, what I did was um, I couldn't be bothered. I generally just thought, like, I've got one of my good friends um, who works in London, who's basically lives in Manchester, but works at Christian Aid and comes down. We keep meeting up for a meal, and yeah. I was like, and uh, so I listened to the second half on um, on. When I follow, and then I watched the full game back, so I have actually watched it all. Yeah, uh, first half was utterly, utterly diabolical. It was atrocious. I mean, it's funny. Obviously, watching it on iFollow, you get the Shropshire Star commentary, and um, yeah. as the as the half evolved, I mean, there wasn't really anything of note to talk about in terms of Towns attacking play. We were we were god awful, and we really didn't even threaten them during that half at all. And you could tell the the tone, particularly Mark Elliott, as the game went on, he was more and more concerned and and quite panicky about how bad we looked, Ollie. And we did look bad, and it was it was not it was it was I would say it'd be difficult to put a finger on what exactly was wrong because so much was wrong is that do you understand everything what I mean? was wrong yeah they couldn't everything pass was wrong they had no, no desire no pace they were the tactic looked all over Out the shop position constantly yep. Yep. so we play with grant who who plays his best when he does play as the sitting defense midfielder and he was all over the shop when they were counter-attacking sometimes i mean over the over um, into our attacking half and yeah, for me, the corner, the corner, the goal that came from a corner just summed up um, the lackadaisical performance that the players put in, in the first half. Oh, I was, I was fucking raging because what we've done at Rochdale, there's two goals from corners, just just slack, crap defending from corners. We go to Plymouth. It was, it was one corner, one set piece of Rochdale, but yeah, I get your point. Set pieces is terrible. Well, they, both those goals came from from yeah, one set piece from the corner, but you know what I mean. You, you think switching on from set pieces might be yeah. something they learn and. They were, it was worse. No one tracked out to, to where the corner taker was taking it. It took a short and obviously came in and scored the goal. But, you know, you've got Wally playing out of position who clearly isn't a right wing back. And so obviously is maybe at some time struggling with the defensive side of that. Um, and it was just, it was just, oh, it was infuriating watching it. And, and you know, yeah. I can imagine what it was like for the fans who'd gone there. You've, you've spent all that money and time going down there and you see them defending like that. And it's hard not to just get so annoyed with it at the moment. And, um, yeah, we were behind. And, and to be honest with you, when we talk about the general gist of that first half, they battered us, Ollie. You know, they had yeah, chance they after and that's chance you, after chance. At the chance. start, you said, you know, we were almost maybe unlucky to lose. But I think oh, I yeah, understand no. your thoughts on the, on the, actually, the total collection of the cold game. But, you know, we could have been 3-0 down at halftime. Yeah, we could have easily have been 3-0 down. And, and Arnold made some cracking saves, to be honest with you. But it wasn't yeah. just that Arnold made some good saves. They missed some sitters. I think Lapado missed yeah, one from about six did. yards and put it over the bar. And it was in front of the town fans. So I suppose they at least would have enjoyed them making those misses. But it just felt like that half went on that they would get a second and we might even just completely crumble. Now, the, the yeah. one good thing was that we did somehow keep in the game and gave ourselves a chance of trying to get something out of it. But, you know, the performance... In, in, and we're going to come to a lot of discussions about performance versus three points on Saturday when we talk about the game that got played yesterday. But, you know, the overall performance level was shocking first half and, and it was interesting at half time there was a debate about whether that was the worst half under Ricketts I would say okay. it, it was up there in terms of I didn't of, see that debate but I've wrote, written that down here for yeah, this discuss on Radio Shropshire but then it sort of widened out and people were saying is that the worst half of football you know the worst first half of football there's been um, for Shrewsbury this season and I think it's up there you know I remember we had a real massive rant about how 
we played away at Fleetwood. Do you remember that? Yeah, first I was half? thinking Fleetwood. At this so, time, but yeah. I, I honestly think that those two were on a par. I can't quite split them for different reasons. You know, one under Askey, one under well, Fleetwood. Was, oh, sorry, um, um, yeah, Fleetwood away was partly tactical. Yes, it but was. this was all about the players. It was, and it was. And when you're playing three central defenders and a defence midfielder and a defensive fullback, a left back, that's, that's a very, very defensive team. And they were walking through There's us. No excuses. They were walking through us at times. You know, Laurent and Norburn hardly tracked back at all during that half. Wally was constantly out of position. And, and, and again, he's not playing in his position. Goldborn sort of would, would get pulled out wide too far. And then sometimes they'd cut in and he was... Well, this is the problem <sighs> with the formation, isn't it? Yeah. Is that um, is that Plymouth were um, f- um, really exploited and trying to take advantage of the space behind Goldburn. So really doubling up on the fullbacks. Um, and and Joe, um, Joe Riley was particularly influential in the first half. They were just picking at us around us, taking advantage of the extra players in wide areas. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah, it was very frustrating. And yeah, to only be 1-0 down at half-time, I think we were quite lucky. Yeah, I was I was just so much frustration watching them. There was a lot of like, do, do they care here? You know, if you were watching this under a different manager, you might say, oh, it looks like he's lost the dressing room. I don't think we're quite there yet. But it was a sort of first half that made you wonder what the bloody hell was going on, to be honest with you. It felt a lot like... Um, the first half at Wimbledon as well, where we just were not really bothered and, and looked like a really poor team were going to beat us. I'd say that actually Plymouth, out of all those teams we played recently, it was Rochdale, uh, Wimbledon at home, Plymouth, and who did we play yesterday? I'm already forgetting. Um, Wickham. Wickham. So they're all right down the bottom with us. I think of all four of those, Plymouth are probably the best team. They've got some good attacking talent. Yeah, they good, are. Good attacking You've got Carey, yeah. got quite a few attacking players, which always surprises you they're in that trouble um, where they are. But yeah, if they had um, a striker... Um, I don't know. My name comes to brand. You know who Grant, for example, who was playing for Charlton or Taylor or someone who plays for them. Um, you know if they had a striker of that caliber, then yeah. they'd probably be in quite a strong position. Yeah, I think that's true. True enough to be honest with you. But they got Fred Lapado, so that's one probably yeah. why they're down the bottom. But um, that was it. First half, I, I, we yeah. can't really go on too much about it because it was it was dire. To be perfectly honest with you, and um, you just you just sat there when you were you know watching it on their follower at the game. I imagine thinking, well, we can't be worse than that in the second half, and I don't think we were. I think we we improved in the no. second half. But it, you know, it still wasn't brilliant, was it? No, I'm sure a few teacups were thrown at half time because, yeah, um, we came out and I thought we started much better, much more on the front foot, and yeah, um, yeah, between between kind of the games restarting um, and then the the penalty um, situation that we had, you know, we were much better. I don't think we created loads of good clear cut chances, um, but. As the penalty came to, which that was in the 60th minute, we really started to kind of assert ourselves in the game. Yeah, we definitely got, you say, on the front foot and definitely tried to exert our football a bit more. And it was interesting because we didn't really seem to change anything. I think it was just a case of, look, we can't be like this. We're going to lose again. And this is this is our season on the line. And maybe that little bit of motivation helped. But um even the goal was symptomatic of the game, wasn't it? You know, it was a it was a penalty. We've got a penalty. That's brilliant. We've won it. And then Norburn takes a really, really poor penalty um, and gets incredibly lucky. The rebound spills out to him. And to be fair, then you give him the credit because he followed in and he, he did well on the rebound. But just symptomatic of the whole night, wasn't it? The, the only goal we scored was the penalty rebound. Yeah, and <laughs> we had a couple of chances as we yeah. come on to um, later on in the ha- in the game, in the half. And there was that um, waterfall header and the Campbell shot, which is unlucky. Yeah. Good counter-attack um, from town when, when Holloway wins the ball and nearly created chances. And that an amazing chance for Norburn when he could have just dinked the keeper mm. near the end of the half. But yeah, they were the best chances in the game. And that's, you know, that's a fair few decent chances there. But the penalty, I thought, was a bit, I don't know, not strange. I thought it was a little bit soft. Yeah, it was a bit. If I was a Puma fan, I think I'd been frustrated. But it was almost, for me, I don't know what your view on this, Glenn, but I thought that the fact that we had that penalty claim just before it, 
influence the referee and given the second one mm, possibly possibly i don't know you, you'd like to not think referees are like that but it's definitely soft wasn't it well, but they're human well yeah exactly <laughs> emotions. exactly um but you, i think the plymouth fans sounded quite loud from from listening to it as well and there's maybe that little bit of a, a bit of pressure from their fans but uh, all in all you know they they've 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 they even in the second half going away from the penalty. I think that yeah, we did have some good chances that you talked about them, but they also looked decent on the counter attack. They also had some good chances that forced Arnold into saves. And so if if the first half was Plymouth by a mile, I would say that overall the second half was fairly even. I wouldn't say we shaded any part of the game and probably didn't deserve to win it. Um, but we obviously had an opportunity at that point once the goal was gone in to get a point, and that might have been decent away from home against one of the teams down the bottom of us. You'd have been happy with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, we're yeah. happy with something. Yeah, well, yeah, got to try and get something from these games. But um, yeah, as I say, and then yeah, after after the goal, as I say, they came back into it. Um, and Lapado, as I say, had a, had a really good chance in one of those chances I was just talking about. Um, I think there was one really good chance at Norburn Fluff, wasn't there? Late on as well. I can't quite remember that. I don't know if you can. Yeah, it was a Norburn opportunity yeah. when he had that chance. And he fluffed it. Yeah. But okay. again, again, um, Plymouth came back into the game. Um, Letty for Freddie Lato had a great chance, and you know, you know. Plymouth could have scored and they had quite a few chances again. Ladipo just didn't have his shoeing boots on. He could have got a hat-trick um, on Tuesday night. Yeah, yeah, it was it was shocking. And I said, yeah, you're right to point out before, we're playing these three defenders at the back and, and wing-backs and, and bloody... And a and, defence midfielder. And it was just... It was just they we're were basically just... playing six defenders, yeah. which it's quite funny. Someone put um, um, a young lad on and put it on the Facebook group about, you know, he we play 6-2-2, two, two, which sometimes we just feel like we are playing that with um, with Grant um, as a defensive midfielder. We've got a, a lot of our, our players playing in defensive positions. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And obviously this is the Shrewsbury Town of 2018-19 where they like to just Vintage. continually shoot themselves in the foot. And uh, yeah, late on, we're just heading towards that point thinking, right, let's get away with this. Got another home game coming up. We can maybe push on a little bit. What happens? Yeah, long ball forward. I think it was from a goal kick. Um, and yeah, Goldburn doesn't do a great job. Um, and then, then there's another ball lumped forward. Beckles gets the wrong side of his man, um, which is going to be a bit of a theme in the next game. Mm. Um, loses the ball, gets completely done. Um, ball comes into the box, nice pass across. Grant gets all muddled and kind of rugby tackles um, down the, um, the the player, the striker. Um, very clumsy as, as a word that um, Mark Elliott used. Really poor defending. Uh, and yeah, nice penalty from Kerry, who's a, again who we were kind of alluding to earlier as one of their their best players. Yeah, he's, he's been decent the last couple of years, hasn't he? It's strange, he keeps playing for Plymouth, and they've been poor the last two years. Obviously, other than their late season runs where they seem to do something, but yeah, he, he walked into our team, I think. But um, and that was it. Obviously, two one behind the the the, the 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 I don't know the meltdowns started to occur on social media, but I think it was fair. I think it was just another circumstance of watching this team find a way not to get points out of a game, which they seem to be incredibly good at. Um, and and it was just frustrating. And the, the overall, as I said, I, I flagged it right at the point. The overall performance level in this game was relegation fodder. They just they look like a sort of team that could go down. And the the thing that happened late on is the sort of thing that happens to teams that could go down. And it just left you feeling very devoid of, of any confidence we were going to get out of the trouble. It just it, it cemented it for me. And and I'll, I'll come to my thoughts now. But at the end of that game, um, Ricketts had had the same amount of games as Askey before he got sacked. And he'd both they both had seventeen games. Um, and Ricketts had got two points less than Askey. Now, for me, I was ra- full of rage, wasn't I, with Askey on that last league game? I was just like, this is not good enough. We- he's been very poor. He needs to go. We need to look elsewhere. Now, if I can say that about Askey, and the next manager came in and got two less points, I-, I can't not say anything other than I also personally think Ricketts is not the man for the job, Ollie. I'm saying this as off the back of this game because that's where I really moved into that Ricketts go camp. 
and nothing really has changed my mind from the game on Saturday, which we'll come to. But really, that is a terrible record for what we were doing in the league. Take away the cup form, which was fun, but not particularly helpful to us right now. Um, I'm sorry, if you can't get more points than bloody John Askey got in 17 games, you're not the man for the job. I have... And clearly the players were not on um, on John Askey's side. No. Um, using the, 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 the kind of factual evidence we yep. have of Grant yep. talking in the media. Um, let alone everything else that swirls around the club. Yeah, but from everything Ricketts is saying in the press and everything you hear, the the fans, are, the players are all fighting for Ricketts, and he did worse. <laughs> what does that tell you? And so for me, no. I, I I moved into a, a period where I'm like, I know he's not going to get sacked. I know he's not going to get sacked, Ollie. No, right? he's not going to get sacked to the end of the year. And Agreed. I don't think. Yeah, we've we've, we've kind of we've made our bed now. And yep. we've, I think we've got to stick with it to the end of the season for for the better or worse. But I, I'm, I'm. I don't think getting rid of a manager is going to help. Um, no, I don't. This is but... going to mean there's going to be someone else's ideas on this team. Well, it's not. It, the only the only option if Ricketts was to go, say we lost the next three after this now, and they were like, he's just not got it. He's not going to get us out of trouble. We need to do something. Is to give it to Coin and Ramsey again and hope they just have that little yeah. bounce they had last time. I could deal with that to the end of the season. I don't think it would be the worst idea. Um, but I think the game on Saturday's probably brought Ricketts at least a couple more weeks of trying to get it out of trouble. But for me, I can't see that he's really got it. Got anything? He, He's learning on the job, and the whole rotation thing, which obviously plays into this game on Saturday, is not taking us anywhere, Ollie. Um, maybe we'll talk about it a bit later on about Ricketts more, but I'm just was making the point that after that game, I very much in the moved, context of this game, yeah, yeah, yeah I very much comments. moved into that at Ricketts camp, at Ricketts out camp, and I'm not, you know, maybe I'll take a bit of grief for it, but I just don't see any real. There's way quite forward a few people, sensible fans, saying that as well. It's, <laughs> you know, obviously, you get extremes of all things, don't you? Um, in terms yep. of opinions, but yeah, there's quite, I've seen quite a few fans who are normally quite measured who just don't just don't seem to believe in this manager. And just feeling um, like so, I feel like Ollie, I should just say it doesn't stop me going to the game and, and wanting us to win and getting. No, 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 and, no, no, you know, it's just my own personal opinion on another manager, and it's it's. It, I can't believe I'm personally feeling like this about another manager less than six months after the first one's gone and feeling the same way. I've never felt like this about managers back to back. I gave Mellon loads of time. I gave. Paul Simpson loads of time back in the day. We obviously didn't do the podcast there so much. Well, obviously, Mellon we did. But, you know, I I'm traditionally give managers a long time. But I really do think we've completely messed up with two managers back-to-back. And at the end of the season, we're going to have a massive post-mortem on it. And Brian and Ryland are going to need to answer some questions about what the hell they were playing at. That's my view. I'll say it on that piece there, because that's where I got to on, on Tuesday night. But that was it, really. I think it's, it's yeah. just worth saying. But I'll, I'll move on, Ollie. Yeah, and just um, just before we get to top three, I'd just say just a bit of a view on um, Plymouth. Again, we were surprised they had such a poor season. They're you know mid table now. I think it's fair to say that they're kind of clawing their way out of the relegation fight now. Yeah. In terms of players that impressed, obviously Kara we've mentioned before. I thought um, Lamiris was a really tricky, nice little tricky player. He's class. Um, yeah, we'd I'd love to have you know someone like him. Uh, maybe play on the left flank of our team um, and play a, a different formation. But yeah, fair play to Plymouth. They do seem to be quite good at um, signing um, attacking players. You know, they've had Reed in recent years. Yeah. Now Carey. L- Freddie Lepode seems to be able to get turn it on occasionally. He's still scored quite a few goals for them. But yeah. So that was that. I don't know if anything else to add on that, Glenn, on the opposition. No, Lemire is was no. the, by far the player of the man of the match. He's got such good quick feet, real nice little player, sort of like Nolan esque. I thought um, yeah. something we don't quite have. I don't think so. Um, no. Yeah, if we could steal him at some point, that'd be nice. But I doubt we'll pay his wages. So <laughs> there <Yeah>. we go. <laughs> so now top three, bit of a struggle here because the first half was effing awful. Yep. Um, Norbert, I went for Norburn, Lauren, and Arnold. For me, Norburn and Lauren because they did put a bit of a shift in throughout the game. Um, Arnold because he made a few good saves um, but I will just say kind of notable exception because I thought when Holloway came on he did actually do quite a good job of target <laughs> man 
uh, but still doesn't score enough goals. We'll come on to that later. But <laughs> he doesn't score yeah, any goals, Ollie. <laughs> he doesn't score any goals. Um, yeah, my top three, I went for Arnold Man of the Match purely because he was by far the most active player in the first half and, and made as many saves as he needed to. Obviously conceded a penalty, a bit harsh, um, and the other goal... I don't know, maybe maybe he could have done a bit better and come out and, and cut it out front post, but I thought overall we would have been out of sight first half without Arnold, so he was my man of the match. I went for Norburn. I think of the midfielders, he definitely worked the hardest. I think you're right there, Ollie, um, but also went missing for massive parts of the game. Um, to be honest with you, the ball was bypassing him a lot as well, just sailing over him. Um, and I, I went for Laurent for third place again. Again, the midfielders did work hard. I mean, you couldn't give it pain. He was anonymous. You couldn't give it... Um, the other striker, the other striker was Campbell, wasn't it? Um, yeah, he didn't really do anything in the game. Wally was awful, I thought. Um, Goldborn was poor. You could point fingers at all the back three. Um, you don't need to list all the players. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just saying though. Yeah, yeah, it just no one really stood out other than those guys. No. I suppose that's fair. Yeah, no, it was, it was a bit of a challenge. Um, if I'm honest, actually, the commentary of um, BBC Shropshire helped me even choose three because <laughs> I was really struggling. Um, but yeah, what did Ricketts have to say? Um, bitter pill, bitter. Bitter pill with a late penalty. Didn't start the game well and we turned the game on its head. So we need to be more clinical. Looks like a planned clumsy challenge and a poor start. But then we showed character to turn it around. So nothing really exciting to mention in his post-match. At least he admitted we were poor in the first half. Yeah, we weren't at our levels, Ollie. We'll come, we'll come, we'll keep no, competing we in that one. But yeah, there we go. Uh, I think that was where to leave it. Really, it was just I turned, yeah. I, turned the, I turned the iPad off and thought I'm going to bed now. That's the end of that. Um, yeah. Frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. Um, but obviously, we moved on to Saturday. Um, so yeah, yeah we'll, we'll leave that game there um, and we'll move on to the the Shrewsbury Town versus Wickham. Morris to Wally on the right hand side, ball in towards the far post, towards Humphries. Payne scores. He's done it again. Stefan Payne. So. Saturday, Shrewsbury Town two, Wickham one, um, a much needed three points in a in a relegation fight. Um, all goals coming in the second half after a particularly turgid first half. Um, Shrewsbury have lost back to back games coming to this game, so you know while the form over the last six is is you know mid table esque, um, you know the record um, has been great, and again it's these performances we'll come on to. Uh, so we have got for after this game we've got ten points in the last six, which isn't too bad, mm. but. Still doesn't save Ricketts from an awful record overall. Um, in terms of changes, obviously the Tinker Man did more changes again. Um, he brought Bolton in uh, for Beckles. He brought Norburn um, into defensive field and dropped Grant, which actually I don't really blame him for that. Um, I don't think Grant really should have come back in the team after uh, not performing very well of late and also um, getting suspended. And he got a really daft yellow card away at Plymouth as well. Um, and that's well, the kind of performances we need. Well, we're going to talk about a lot about rumours because there were so many rumours knocking around on Saturday. Yeah. Now, we're not saying whether any of these rumours will be true, but I'm going to sprinkle them through the podcast because why not? You know, it's it's rumours. It's can sometimes... It's and, we don't, and it's worth just saying, we don't normally talk about rumours, so we heard no. lots of things at the ASCII. We didn't repeat them, but... Yeah, there seems to be quite a lot at the moment, and there seems to be, I don't know how you just put this, we seem to be getting quite a few, and you particularly self, Glenn, you seem to be getting them from <laughs> lots of different sources. Well, it's all the same people that generally like kind of give you this steer about, oh, we're going to sign this person, that person. They generally seem to be quite accurate. But the one, the one I've heard about Grant is that apparently he's already decided he's going to go and play for Scunthorpe next year. Who knows? I thought we had a year option on him. So this is what I mean about these, the, these rumours. A lot of them you can shoot down quite easily. If we've got a year option on Grant's contract, then obviously he's not going to be leaving, is he? Because we'll probably take him up on that. Or will we? Who knows? But yeah, he's going to go in a scuntle. I have no idea what team or manager or or what we'll have (laughs) at the start next season. Oh dear, who knows? But yeah, you're right about the changes. I mean... Yeah. So sorry, I didn't quite finish the team. So yeah, yeah, Edwards came in. Lawrence started Mm. again. 
Um, Campbell and Holloway up front. Uh, so Holloway started. Wally and Goldburn was in the team. And um, yeah, obviously one man um, who was chanted um, for throughout the entire game. Greg Doherty was again on, on the bench and didn't start two games in a row, which is slightly baffling that we've got our two kind of, you know, Biggest goal threats in Faye, Okunabiri, and Greg Doherty on the bench. Yeah, I mean, I'll say it, Ollie. It's bloody stupid, frankly. It's absolutely stupid. Doherty's by far the most dynamic midfielder we've got. Um, he runs. And he's talking about rest and, um, <laughs> and stuff. He stupid. rested him on Tuesday. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And he, he only came on off the bench at um, Plymouth. He came on, Doherty came on. Yeah, he came on, he came on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and then came on after, on 85 against um, Wickham. Did you think he's only got six minutes in him? Well, no, and he played constantly, week in, week out, and he never looked unfit. He wasn't one of the ones no. we were saying, is their fitness a problem? We did question other no. players' fitness. But I'm sorry, Faye, start, Faye hasn't scored for ages, to be fair, right? And I can understand why people are saying, well, all right, maybe that's okay. But also, and Campbell does look like a better all-round striker. He does, fair. but Holloway hasn't scored. He scored three goals in the entire season, for Christ's sake. He's he's not going to score us the goals to get us out of trouble. Oh, he works quite hard. He wins a few flick-ons and stuff. Fine. Brilliant. That's really helpful. I want more from my strikers in a relegation battle, and unfortunately, he didn't impress me again on Saturday. So I don't understand why Faye isn't starting. The only time we've looked dangerous for months was in that first half against Doncaster, where um, Faye and, and Campbell ran riot, and Doherty backed him up. And that was the best we played for months. And he seemed to watch that, Ricketts, and he'd be like, oh, that's no good. I don't want to see that again. And it's gone away from that. I don't I don't get my head around it, but I can see why. Well, against, yeah, the Dennis Doncaster, they were a really quite formidable partnership. Yep. Yep. Um, which actually brings me on to yeah we'll, we'll come back on to partnerships later on but um, yeah very frustrating and I've only this is the shortest first half uh, prep for the pod we've ever done <laughs> um, because I think it's the first to say that the first half was a terrible spectacle if a neutral was doing their 92 and came to watch this game they will never come back to Shrewsbury ever again yeah there was yeah for me a good summary was when we took so um, Norburn was struggling keeping the ball um, not moving when he's taking his corners he did a short corner after all that messing around. Who passed it to Worley? Who Worley then kicked it against a player? Like unless Worley like knows something about the matrix, he's not going to kick the ball through a player. Um, and that for me summed up the first half. There were so many errors and mistakes, and by both teams. Let's not make yeah. out Wickham or any world class team. Um, no, but they were better than Shrewsbury. <laughs> they were better than us. They were better than us across both games. I'll come to that when we talk yeah. about the opposition at the end. But. Um, it was just error strewn. And I know the weather was bad, right? Because the keepers were doing kicks that were going straight out of play. Um, you know, you had passes that were going stray, big hoofs up in the air, which we kept doing. We sort of just hang up there and we never really got going. And, you know, Edwards made some horrible mistakes. I think a few of our players were making terrible mistakes. And But so were Wickham. It was, it was an awful half to watch. As much as I would say that the first half against Plymouth was up there with Fleetwood for the worst first half of football I've seen town play. That was probably one of the worst first halves of football I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen hundreds and hundreds of games now. It was a terrible, terrible spectacle for, for anyone to watch. And you're right, if a neutral had come, I would have left at half-time. And interestingly, my mum and dad have been a bit unwell over the last few weeks. And they, they sort of came to the game. They were like they don't like missing games. And they came and watched the match. And it got to something like 46 minutes just after, just after sorry, just before half-time into the injury time. And I looked and they were going down to the buffet. And they don't normally do that. And anyway, so I texted them at half-time and they didn't come back. I was like, have you gone? They were like, it's too cold. I don't feel very well. And frankly, I'm not up for watching that. So my mum and dad went home. And they, I, don't, I can't ever remember my mum and dad leaving a game at half time before. But I thought that was quite, um, I thought it was quite symptomatic of what we'd been served up in the first half, Ollie. It was poor. It was <laughs> really, really poor. Um, best chance probably um, came to Worley after a header um, from Holloway down in the box. And there was a good um, save from Arnold where there was a poor clearance by Williams. But I think it was the wind that kind of caught it and pulled it back. 
shot yeah. from Samuel, who's always a threat, um, and a good save from Arnold, and that was the first half. Hope you enjoyed but, it. Yeah, that was it. And, but the, the horrible thing about that game, as bad as it was, is that you know they had at least four shots on target in that first half, and I don't think we had one. And it was just thinking, like, this is a terrible game against a not-very-good team, and how are they the ones that are testing the keeper so much? How how is it that they're coming away? They're clearly they're the yeah, worst their XG team. Yeah, XG was one point seven five yeah. at half time, and ours was um, not even half. They are bottom of the League One form table. They have not put any results together recently. And in all honesty, they outplayed us in the first half. They were just a better footballing yeah. team. They well, this wanted it more. Yeah, and they had the wind with them slightly. But the interesting thing I found was I think a lot of people were saying at half time, "Well, we'll have the wind with us in the second half, and we'll be better." I don't think we were perceptibly because for the whole of the start of the second half, we hit long balls and they just went straight through to the keeper. Whereas if you watch how Wickham played in the first half, they weren't great, but they kept it low and they tried to play football into our box. And it was almost like, why couldn't we try that? We've got the players to play football. You know, you had bloody Dave Edwards playing and the ball just was sailing over his head and the midfielders just were not involved. And that was of interesting point. So yeah, coming on to that in the second half where um, when Campbell went off, um, and I was quite annoyed about Campbell going off because I just don't see why you're taking off our best threat. That's no, stupid. And so, and then I had a bit of discussion on Twitter with, with Lewis, and I was saying, you know, he hasn't had any opportunities, you know. And then I was just kind of watching the game, trying to just think, I was trying to thinking through and then watched it. And then I was just noticing that when our defenders got the ball, no midfielders were dropping back. Nope. And don't tell me that they're all playing attacking midfielders. Edwards and Norburn both know enough about football and, you know, good players that like to get the ball and pick it up. Yeah. So it must have been an instruction to get it forward. Yeah, well, That's why we're playing Holloway. And no one wanted to get the ball. For, and then every, then and I felt quite sorry for the descenders because they were getting loads of um, abuse then from the fans. Yeah. But they were clearly being told to do that because midfielders wouldn't pick it up. And, you know, they, they were trying their best. You know, the league one central defenders trying to find um, pick a pass and it's not always going to work. <laughs> in like 60 mile an hour wins. Good yeah. luck picking that pass out, lads. And in all honesty, yeah. you can play that long ball, but they, they did just sail it over the, over the even over the centre. Sometimes it went straight to the keeper. Loads of times um, it did. But, frustrating. But, but we can say, oh, I think it was fair that Grant didn't start. And we played Norburn maybe as the deeper role. Yeah, he's a decent player, Norburn. And he, 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 but he's not Grant. He was, he, was de- he was much more advanced than Grant most of the time. And you're right, it, it then meant that he wasn't that outlet for them. Grant to shovel yeah, but I think Norbert can play that role. I thought Norbert played that it. role. Yeah, no, he but he wasn't playing that. that role in that no. game, was he? No, no, he wasn't. And um, so, yeah, that didn't help in terms of trying to play football on a windy day. It kind of, it kind of hamstrung us, if anything. And then, um, about sixty-seven minutes into the game, um, Beckles gets the wrong side of his man again. So two games in a row, um, and he gives away a free kick, definitely free kick, yep. and a uh, absolute perler of a free kick into the uh, into the back of the net and. Fair play to uh, fair play to um, McCarthy for that because that was a pull over strike. So fair play been, to him. They had been coming. I felt a little bit. You know, they were still with the team shading the game as much as we had a li- maybe a little bit more in the, the start of that first half. I still felt Wickham looked quite dangerous on the break um, without looking good. They just 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 felt that we had mistakes in us and, and stuff like that. It didn't come from mistake, obviously, but. Yeah, I, I said as soon as that goal went in, um, the, the shit is going to hit the fan. And I didn't mean because of how our players would react, because traditionally this season, as soon as we've let a goal in, we've got worse, haven't we, Ollie? You know, yeah. maybe maybe that wasn't the case up until... Well, it probably was the case until Doherty came on. We didn't improve at all. But I, I felt like there'd been an underlying... Because they got booed off half-time. There'd been an underlying... Um, Frustration. <laughs> yeah, frustration, border and anger. I thought on Saturday because yeah, that there first was a, half. I did tweet that the crowd is very angry. And this is this is just my reading of the situation from sitting in block seventeen, hearing what's going on in block nineteen, through to say the the other end of the west stand. I obviously, don't know what it was like in the south stand. We could hear what they were chanting. They just were chanting for Doherty most of the game. Um, 
But it was definitely much more angry on the West End. And there was a lot of people, you know, in 17, 16 and 18 around us that were just standing up and bawling obscenities at players, at rickets. Um, and it's probably just worth reflecting on that now because I think it really, really came to the fore after we went 1-0 down, which was probably fair, wasn't it? Because it was would have been awful to lose to Wickham in the situation we're in. But there was chance for rickets to go. We can't say there wasn't. They were, they were loud and sustained in Block 19. Um, there was chant. There was a chant of your worst, worse than the ASCII, which is statistically true, I suppose. So they can have that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, when he subbed off one of the subs, I think it might have been I can't remember the second one of you don't know what you're doing, which is interesting because that's what ASCII got didn't he early on in the season when he subbed off Wally. Um, there was the constant chanting for Doherty to come on, and it, and it was clear that the fans all wanted it. Obviously, he left it to the 85th minute. I obviously wasn't going to listen to the fans. Um, and there was even, in block, in block 17, and I think it kind of went either side of us, a Paul Hurst Barmy Army chant, Ollie. I don't know if you joined in with that one. No, I didn't join in that one. <laughs> I did, yeah, it stopped in West Ham quite quickly, didn't it? It did. Um, I think that people... But just for it to start and go with, you know, a couple of hundred people, I thought, it does show you something. And I think that, that that's my reflection, really, of, of what went on on Saturday in terms of the fans. And I don't think that goes away just because we won on Saturday. I think that it's still going to be bubbling under at the moment until either we win two or three and pull away or I don't know really it's, it's tricky for Ricketts but again when we talk about Ricketts at the end we'll, we'll come back to that but that's, that's my, my reflections on the West End it just kept going on the whole game everyone was really really angry up until we scored the first goal and got back into yeah. it but yeah it was, it was an interesting experience and this anger has been prevalent online for a long, long, long time interesting and it's started from the start of the season and it's just been building and you know I think the fans hoped and I think we all expected that Ricketts um, would perform better yeah, um, he's definitely performed better off the pitch in terms of the media, um, but in terms of results and performances, we have not seen an improvement. The last six games, yes, we've started to pick up some points, but um, yeah, it's has been pretty dire. Um, and for those fans who spend time and money going to away games and going to games, and you know, football isn't an entertainment business. Yeah, uh, we've been, um, yeah, we've had very little to get excited about. <laughs> We're not um, entertaining to watch at the moment. That's no, for sure. although it was an entertaining end to the game, which we'll come to in a bit. It but... wasn't a fun end to the game. Let's say that that's true. So, kind of what happened? What else happened in the second half? Waterfall got a really nasty knee to the head yeah, it was from Samuel. I, I'd hoped to think that it was an accident. I think, I think it was. It looked like it. Yeah, and Warfall, it was like a you know a heavyweight um, knee to the head, um, and he was visibly dazed. I don't know if you noticed it, Glenn, but he was kind of staggering all over the place. Yeah, he went and off. He tried to carry yeah. on. Yeah. Um, just shows you what um, what you know how how he's made of some quite stern stuff. But he had a proper smack to the head, and he was kind of all over the shop. Um, and you could see that the doctor and the physio came on straight away, so they'd obviously noticed um, head injury as well. And then Beckles came on for Waterfall. He did, yeah. I said the ref stopped it straight away. You could see it was quite a nasty clash, wasn't it? I think Samuels might have caught it. It might have been head to head, I think, because their, their guy went no, down. No, I, well. I thought it was his knee. Cause was it? it? Okay. Yeah, because Waterfall went down quite low to head to the ball. Oh, he and did. Samuels came across. <laughs> I remembered what this moment was now. Yeah, it, yeah. Paul caught in the wind, didn't it? And he went to just yeah. casually head a normal header away, and it just got pushed down by the wind, and he ended up heading it while he was like on the floor, basically, didn't he? Which looked quite comical. But yeah, because of that, he got he was brave enough to put his head down there. It looked funny, but yeah, he did take a nasty knock, actually. You're right. Um, yeah, I couldn't remember what it was until just then. But um, yeah, it was good. Um, say Beckles was the first sub then, wasn't he, to come on? And then I think that the subs obviously changed the game, didn't they? The second yeah. one was Faye on, I can't remember what minute that was now. Um, yeah, it might have been like into the 69 70s. minutes. 69, there you go, 69. And then yeah. obviously Doxy was the main change when he came on after 85. I think that really changed the game. But it needed subs, didn't it? And um, it, 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 it needed refreshing. It needed some change. But... Even after the subs, I still didn't think we were brilliant. Um, no, we were. No. Basically, we had two, two, two moments um, of quality. 
So the first one was from Doherty, um, who actually gave the ball away and then won it back um, and then got a free kick. He was quite cheeky, actually. He moved it forward and into the box a little bit, well, towards the goal a bit more, <laughs> took a free kick. Um, terrible defending um, by Wickham. So if they have a podcast, they'll probably won't in about set-piece defending. <laughs> Beckham's completely free, and unlike in recent weeks, um, he scored, and it was a good header, nice goal, and we were. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it actually scored. I was genuinely flabbergasted that we scored. And then, yeah, it didn't take too much longer then, because that was basically scored in the 87th minute. Um, and the second um, goal um, was absolutely superb, and and this is just Wally at his absolute finest. And yep. th- when I when I mean think when Wally moves on from Shrewsbury Town, this is the kind of impact that I always remember about Wally. Sometimes getting like several players booked and sent off away in Northampton. Yep. Um, but he's one of the best up there with Mark Pugh in terms of the best dribbler I've seen in the Shrewsbury Town shirt. He gets the ball and. You know, just absolutely naturally just takes in his stride and kind of just goes and um, takes the ball to the what side. So he takes a step to the side, gives him a bit of room, and then he just absolutely runs El Abt. El Abt, <laughs> um, just his, his big thighs could not keep up with his pace. No. Nope. Took him down um, and stonewall penalty. Um, I did worry a little bit with the, with the um, referee. Um, yeah, he gave loves giving away. the players a bit of jip. Um, and then also we had a little fight between Okunabiri and Norburn. Oh, Norburn yeah. kind of put down his authority. Um, and to be fair to Norburn, after m- missing but still scoring his penalty on Tuesday night, um, yeah, it was it was um, let's say a cool finish. Yeah, ten goals for the season as well, and, and big celebrations down by the West End, which shows you that despite what was being chanted from over there, you know the players still appreciate the sport they were getting. So I think it's it's reflective of the, of the fact there is. The appreciation of the support we've been given all season and understanding that we're frustrated and annoyed um, and, and big celebrations all around the stadium really because everyone everyone knew how important it was and we have we'd absolutely robbed Wickham frankly they did they yeah. probably deserve to win the game overall and we we yeah. absolutely mugged them with six minutes to go and you know we've been in that situation a few times this season it feels terrible doesn't it and I can I can completely understand how Wickham fans feel after how many times we've had that happen to us say away at Bradford for example um but it was it was vital it was you can't priceless yeah, yeah you it can't could, describe could be, that it. could be the difference between us yeah, and going could, up could. and let's be honest it was an absolutely dire performance terrible performance it was, yeah. terrible to watch terrible to spectate I was sitting there thinking what am I doing sitting here and there was and in terms of like moments there's basically like one set piece, so one good ball from Doherty and a header, yep. and then one good dink from Wally. Basically, one touch of the ball. So basically, two touches of the ball, one from Doherty, one from Wally, transformed that game. Two, Apart yeah. from that, we were utterly dire. We were. There was there's enough. There was not a real lot to be positive. About. I mean, you know, we can we talk about that. And and, and let's, before I go into some more negatives now, I'm delighted we won. You know, it, it's, oh, absolutely it's, static. It's, it's huge. I really really cheered it and celebrated at the end. I was I was buzzing about it because I just. We said it last week, I am desperate not to get relegated out of this league. League 2 is a bloody nightmare for us as a club. We've got to stay as far away from it as possible and, and show that we are a club that's moving on. You know, and My expectations are now that we challenge to be a better team in League 1. I'm not content with being a crap team fighting against relegation. You know, you did your finance special, Ollie. We've got money in the bank. We've got new training facilities. We've got new training. Um, we've got new changing rooms. We've got it all there for players to come in and have a perfect it's environment. A brilliant to... platform for a, exactly. for a lower league and um, you could say, to come in. Yeah, you could say the more that we've improved on the these elements 
the more it is, in our, it is unacceptable for us to continue to be a crap team in League One. We've got to move on. And to me, the, the main difference of that is playing staff and managers. And we've got to try and find those guys to come in and be better at that. But yeah, it it, it, it was massive. And I'm delighted. And I, I, and I hope it is the step for us staying up. But um, I'm not convinced yet that that's enough to keep us up. Nowhere near. And, and I'm not, and I, and I'm 100% convinced if we continue to play like we played this week, we will get relegated. And I know that's a really odd thing to say off the back of a win, but that's yeah. my view. I don't think we are playing good football. And you can, yeah. you, you, you'd rather, you'd rather be a lucky manager than a, sorry, a, a lucky team than a good team sometimes, especially in a situation like this. We will not continue to get lucky. You know, we've had Peterborough away, Ivan Tony. That was lucky as hell. Um, and we've had this one now. We've had El Abd and this late turnaround. That was lucky as well. And I think you know across the season we've had some unlucky situations. Say Luton away, where we've completely threw it away through an odd moment with the goalkeeper and stuff. So I don't know. Maybe it balances out across the whole season. But so far, it's balances. We are just above the relegation zone, and and we've still got a shit ton of work to do to get out of trouble. Yeah. No. Yeah. And the, and you talk about performances because it's not just about performances in terms of playing pretty football. That's part of it. But it's yep. for me, it's also about just work ethic and working yes. hard and. And and that's where it's a bit odd because, you know, Ricketts is quite talking about how football now is all about power play and power running and stuff. And you bring on Doherty, who's one of the best dribblers that we have, and driving runs forward. And like, I really, really like Edwards and I want him to be an absolute massive success, but he isn't doing very well. Like, oh. I feel it's really, I don't know, it feels really sad to say this, but for me, he hasn't been performing. Like, he did a few bits at Rochdale, which I could see a bit of promise and I could see his intelligence and... He was making runs when he made his debut at home. But on Saturday, I can't really think of much that he did was positive. No, I'll, I'll go before beyond that, Dave, uh, uh, Ollie. Dave Edwards should not be anywhere near the starting team at Shrewsbury Town at the moment. He's, he's far from at the level he needs to be to be a decent player in League One. And he's far from the level we need him to be to keep us up. He cruised around on Saturday. He didn't really get involved. He made a lot of mistakes and um, we, we carried him for large parts of the game. And I know that no one really played very well, but, it, you know, you expect better of the man that's come down from the championship yeah. who is the hometown hero, and he is letting us down. And I don't like to say that about Dave because he's a thoroughly nice bloke, he's one of our own, and I want him to turn it around. But I, I, I frankly feel that, you know, we've got, what, eight, nine games left now, that really Dave Edwards' time is going to be next season. And I, I just, yeah. I'm not sure he's going to have all that much to offer us in a, in a relegation gritty horrible fingers fight. crossed he can do something amazing and, and, and kind of prove us wrong but Hopefully. at the moment um, he shouldn't he's be not doing that well no no not yeah, at all we've got midfielders who are, are you know fit enough and engaged enough to you know as much as you can pick one of, of, of the midfielders that we've had all season I, I think that we've got to stick with them and, and let them yeah. get us out of this trouble and I think that you know Dave can provide a really good role of experience in the dressing room a, a calm head for people to talk to you know a bit of a sort of captain's role that you know that, w- that we've got that doesn't have to necessarily play and then next season he can come in fully engaged in pre-season over any injuries that he had which he had this season obviously earlier in the season he didn't play for most of this season I think that there's a, there's a merit to say that Dave Edwards is a better player for us next year than he will be for the rest of this season yeah and I don't I don't think he's been performing to his, his standards and I'm no. sure he'd I'm sure he'd say that and I'm, I'm sure there's no one who wants to be a success of Shrewsbury than Dave Edwards but it's just not happened for him at the moment um, he, he, even had, he even had his plan and application for a new house turned down this week Ollie so he's had a terrible time since coming back to Shrewsbury <laughs> red card injury plan and application turned down p- picked and then dropped and has obviously watched his beloved Shrewsbury Town drift into trouble. So, you know, you couldn't, in all honesty, he's had a bloody nightmare return to Shropshire in general. So I want it to go good for him because at the moment he's having a terrible time. Yeah, no, oh, that's poor bloke. Talking of a terrible time when Ricketts came over to the West End. Um, oh, yeah. That yeah, the players celebrated quite 
um, you know, through a lot of energy and a lot yeah. of years, and and the fans were really like buzzing with the with the end of the game, which was fantastic. Ricketts, fair play to him. Got to give him respect for coming over because he probably expected to, you know, he'd been getting pelters all throughout the game. It was, you know, we're quite a tame, conservative bunch overall, um, but it was quite a hostile atmosphere from on Shrewsbury standards. Um, but he did come over and, yeah, I don't know if you saw Ollie Norburn's reaction to when the crowd started giving him a Yeah, he was trying to say, over. stay together, yeah. calm down sort yeah. of thing, wasn't it? But yeah, he got, yeah. Massive, he got massive boos from, it seemed to mostly come from blocks, uh, Block 18 to the side of us, um, and presumably it came from 19 as well. A little bit of people around us. I didn't really click the booing until it started, and it was it was really interesting. And it, it you know we talked about the, the stuff that was going on during the game, but as I said, it's there, it's bubbling under. I I I'm even even me, you know, who, who am I? So I don't have any finger on the pulse of anything really. But I find it hard to judge quite what our fan base is going to do about Sam Ricketts going forward and how he's going to be reacted to because that win has not brought him much credit with a lot of people. I don't no. think because of the well, performance level. He's doing a few things um, which are annoying the fans that we'll come on to in a bit. Yes. But um, yeah, he's also added more fuel to that fire um, with his post-match. So mm, mm. it's but interesting yeah, but I should times. just say, you, you, I don't want to interrupt you all again, Ollie, but you were talking about celebrating vigorously. There was one good thing to come out of those celebrations is that I saw shades of uh, Dean Henderson in Rashawn Williams. He was loving yeah, it. Yeah, he was loving it, wasn't he? <laughs> he was brilliant. If Rashawn doesn't listen to this, but if anyone wants to pass on to Rashawn, that's good. We like that sort of thing. Issues, but he vigorous celebrations with the fans. He's fantastic, and and you know he's he's been in and out a bit of his form in the last couple of weeks. But he's, he's certainly been one of the more consistent players. And and he's done really well. That's yeah. bit be a, no, no, that's true. Actually. No, he's yeah, been yeah. fantastic since coming. He's a young pro. Left probably probably left his home for the first time. Left Manchester, come to Shrewsbury, got to move house and all that kind of stuff. Coming to a new team for the first time. And he's great. I don't think he's really had many loan moves. I never really heard of that when he signed. Nope. Yeah, fair play to him. What a, what a good lad. And yeah, it's great to see him doing really well. Yeah, he's a big positive of the, of the troubles we've had in the yeah. last few weeks. But um, there we go. In terms of Wickham, I, I think we kind of talked about this during the match, Ollie. But um, I thought I watched, we went to Wickham away and we obviously, you know, we did a podcast about that as well. And I think across the two pieces of those games, they were a better footballing team than us, which considering Wickham are known as the biggest shite houses in the whole of the football league and they play the dark arts and they're a horrible team to watch. They've, they've outplayed us twice, which is frightening really considering the quality of players that we've apparently got. So that worries me for a start. Um, but weirdly, they don't have a standout player for me. They are quite a good solid unit, aren't they? Which is yeah. probably built around the way that Gareth Ainsworth used to be as a player, you know, built around players like um, who we know, like good squad player, like Joe Jacobson, proper man, you know, Alabd can be in and out, but he's a solid player to build a defence around, isn't he? In terms of you know a unit, I suppose. Um, and I think that that they're they're the sum of their parts rather than having anyone flashy like maybe Plymouth have more flashy players. I suppose that, that's my view on them. Yeah, they're a good team, well organised. Well, not good team. They're an no, average not a good team, team, aren't they? No, not a good team. But they, but they work hard. They do the basics. Um, they work very hard for each other. A lot of interchangeable players that you don't really notice any of them. But apart from Samuels, um, maybe that's just because of his hair. But. Yeah, Joe Jacobson did a few good set pieces again. Um, he'd walk into our team at the moment. Yep, yeah, he definitely would. And then the last thing on that night of the game then was uh, obviously there was the, the, the post-match reaction from the fans, which was pretty negative in general. You know, you had the people saying, get behind them, it's a win sort of thing. But just no one was, I just, I'm not saying no one, that's unfair. A lot of people didn't seem very convinced, but maybe the people who speak most of the people on social media. So it's maybe not a full judgment of the fan base. And, and you know, it's probably 50-50 from the judgment of on Saturday. You know, there were a lot of people who were very angry, but there were still a lot of people sat there with their hands under their under their seat and, and didn't really you know complain at all I suppose which is fair enough but yeah Holloway then decided to have a little pop about how he's been treated on on maybe at the game I don't know what's yeah, happened or maybe on, game, yeah about you know saying oh I love the fact that people who can't pass a ball five yards are telling me I'm shit 
well, that's fine. But unfortunately, on Twitter, particularly, if you put something like that, you're just going to receive even more abuse. And he, and he did, to be honest with you. Also some support as well. But, you know, people saying, yeah, that's brilliant. Cheers, cheers for your three goals this season. And, and you know, your prolific goal scoring record and stuff. So not great to see. Yeah, and his grammar's not scratch either. So we think he needs to have a better stop and think. I'm not the last. I'm the last person to complain about someone's grammar, Ollie. So I'm not really. Yeah, but yeah, it was just an interesting end to the day, really, and it just shows you that. Um, and I think maybe it's worth skipping over. Top, well, we'll do top three now and then come to the comments because I think this feeds yeah. into something Rickett said. But yeah, go on. Who was your top three, Ollie? Yeah, I went for Doherty, <laughs> just because of he Brilliant. completely, utterly <laughs> changed the game. He did though, didn't he? he you know, we're well talking about Ricketts keeps talking about energy and drive and that, and he came on and he completely changed the game. The players seemed more up for it. They seemed more confident. They seemed more reassured of him on the pitch. I thought Norburn had a fairly decent game throughout, even though obviously he wasn't he was the ball wasn't get to him for defeat, um that was flying over the top of him. And again I went for Rochelle Williams because he didn't put a foot wrong really all game again. Mm. Um and yeah, he's just really impressing me. Yeah. I went for Arnold again. Again, because he kept us in the game at times. You know, you've got to give a keeper credit. He, his kicking was a bit erratic, but the wind probably could be blamed for that. But I I'm I'm I don't want him to be our first choice goalkeeper next season, but he's doing enough at the moment to keep us in games and letting us get out of trouble. So yeah, I think I, I went for Arnold again. I went for Norburn, similar to you, second place. I mean, similar reason, but also you've got to give him massive credit for taking that penalty late on. Yeah. You know, it's a huge penalty in our season and um he can he can dispatch it. And again, I you went for Doherty in first, but even though he played like what eight minutes, I went for Doherty in third because he did change the game, you're right. So three word match report, um very busy, nearly hundred comments. Um so yeah, it was um quite funny. Um there was a, a phrase that was used quite a lot by fans at the ground at the time, and then also Pafter, which is about papering over fuck? the cracks. He <laughs> <laughs> was papering over the cracks. Um, which was yeah said a lot and there's quite a bit of get out of jail as well so a Plymouth get out of jail um, there was one of many people who said paper over the cracks was Craig Dale um, and then basically yeah just a lot of kind of like Greg a lot of comments about um, Greg the Great um, Doherty starting 11 the great escape bring on Doc um, stop team rotation um, skin of our teeth we were lucky massive three points yeah stop the rotation again so you know town fans were quite um actually martin dudley's final one was paste wallpaper cracks um, there's a lot of a lot of quite at least at least one thing that this this kind of these kind of seasons do bring out of town fans is a bit of humor gallows um, humor but yeah a lot of frustration um and yeah um yeah a lot of things about just playing your best team which was the kind yeah. of fans take after the game I watched the Shropshire Star thing where they interviewed the people outside the ground after the match yeah. as well. It's the same sort of vibe there as well. There was one woman that just said, Ricketts has got to go. Um, and they asked them all at the end, you know, what do you think about Ricketts? I think it was of the four people maybe that was on there, that it was two were like, go. One was like, stay for now, but it didn't seem very convinced. And another one was sort of like, yeah, stay. But oh. And it's, it was interesting that even the people that were like, well, he, he doesn't want to go, were not, you know, were not looking very convinced no. by it. But that's probably fairly understandable because they were standing in the rain after watching town be crap for most of the game. And... Um, you know, all right, they were celebrating a win, but it still still was a bit a bit of an odd one. But um, so we'll move on to Ricketts' comments now. But one of the things that he was at pains to say throughout all of it, I listened to it afterwards, was we're in it, we're fighting together, we're all in it together. And he was adamant, went all and all about it. For, so many times, it was odd. Yeah, it was almost like the man doth protest too much sort of thing. That's what I thought listening to it. And, yeah. and this was what brings me to some of the rumours, because uh, one of the rumours that was doing the rounds on Saturday, which, you know, seems fairly solid from people that you normally talk to about these things, 
and we're not spreading rumours. Well, we are spreading rumours, aren't we, Ollie? But we're just talking about what people were talking about on Saturday because it does play into the why we are like we are, I suppose. Was that after the Plymouth game, there was a big, massive sort of bust-up in the dressing room after the game between some of the players, right? Now, I wouldn't even be surprised if that happened, Ollie. I'd, I'd hope that no. after I'd losing in the last happen, minute... Yeah, surely they're know, not happy with their performances at the moment and the results. Exactly. Exactly. And the other part of that was that someone came into Block 17, didn't they, Ollie? And he was yeah. telling people... And this is a guy I see home and away a lot. And he's quite an old boy, isn't he? But no reason why he would make this up to be honest with you but you know maybe he did who knows was that he'd seen Doherty at some point before the game and asked him why he wasn't starting and he said oh I fell out with the manager now it probably isn't true who knows to be honest with you but that's what was being discussed so there was this undercurrent vibe of that something's not right with the team and the manager and, and everyone getting on with each other and he hasn't so, started our last two games as well let's be exactly clear. which is odd. and he's our best midfielder yeah so you know, that's why when I listened to what Rick was saying about being adamant, say we're in this, we're fighting together in this, it was almost like he was trying to cover for, for some of that being true. <laughs> Try but, hard, yeah. Yeah, who, who knows? And we're not saying whether it's true or not, but it is an interesting, that was my only thing really, my, and, and we'll go through the rest of what he said, but it was an interesting comparison to me, what the rumours were doing in the background and what's talking about, people were talking about on Saturday, and then what Rick had said. It was an interesting comparison. So we, yeah. you know, we'll And then did and, you see um, Ricketts and Greg Doherty having quite an animated discussion after the game? Yep. Um, and then they, kind of, then they kind of shook hands afterwards. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was interesting. interesting. There's there's definitely some kind of smoke here, whether it's um, um be bullshit or not, we don't know. But no. anyway, let's we don't normally but talk about rumours, so let's just talk about it. But the other thing I would say is we didn't talk about lots of rumours with ASCII of similar amounts. No. And obviously clearly since then it's proven that some of them were true because obviously Grant came out and said, What's the biggest change since you were here? Well, ASCII's gone. So obviously when things weren't going particularly well with ASCII. Um so yeah, you know, you don't know. Some some there's there's normally not smoke without fire, but you can't say whether these things are true or not. It you know, I'd be surprised if everyone's bump, jumping around the place and buzzing and getting on with each other because well, hope not. we've been shit so you know no I'm you'd hope surprised. not and that's why um yeah it's again obviously there's a lot of pressure and um, we've seen that with the players reactions online um, and obviously at the end of the game mm. so he what did Ricketts say he said felt like most of the fans frustration for most of the game we didn't do what we spoke about until the last five minutes um we've got to get the ball to Wally quicker and get some crosses in yeah and he said it's about time once won a game in injury time um, he then talks about you know the league table that were twelve and two points off the relegation zone. He was then um, Stuart Dunn asked him specifically about why certain players were dropped. He was talking about travel and Grant was dropped because he wanted to take the game to them, which I can understand actually. Playing Norburn, he's a bit more of a, a creative um, deep line playmaker. Yeah, I could um, I could deal with that. That's fine. Yeah, very again as you said, um, he's keen to stress there's no divides, and he kept going on mm, that about all that the a time. Lot. And then there was a, a really odd one. And I was like, so when I record and prepared for the record, when I prepare for the podcast, um, I always listen to it on the TV, put it up, put it up through um, Google Chrome on the TV, and just kind of had my head down typing away. And then all of a sudden, um, I had to kind of bring my head up because Ricketts was saying that, started talking about Shrewsbury's average position in the last <laughs> 20 years. And about, he mentioned the word, the, the, the number 16th a few times, which I think refers back to Mickey Mellon's. Um, kind of finish, which is, I guess, our second h- highest position in the last which, kind of 10 years. Which we could beat this season, yeah. Yeah, which could be. But, the, but he said it once, and this is sort of in the context of fan frustration, which was asked by Lewis Cox. And then he then he came back to it again. Mm. Um, so I, as I do, posted that on Twitter this afternoon. Um, and there was, yeah, quite a lot of kind of disgruntled fans because... One, I don't understand why he's really kind of bringing that on. As you mentioned before, you know, we've we've invested and we've got a much better team. And so there's a guy um, called View of the Coracle, um, Coracle underscore View. And he said, a man who's barely had 20 games in charge, telling the Salat faithful about the last 20 years, question mark. 
Club invested in Sundon allowed additional staff performance, coaching, analyst, extra coaching staff, dressing room revamp, and much more. And the you know much more that other man you know he's had more basically. He's saying that basically he's had more to play with than yep. previous managers. And the fact is, you know, the last twenty years and all that are as Andrew was kind of explaining. You know, our finances are much better now. We've got you know non-match day income coming in. I don't think really talking about the last twenty years is really um, fair game. No, it's and a bit odd. For me, it's very odd statements to come out with. And you know, when he's trying to build relationships with the fans, it's not really the most sensible thing to say. I don't know whether it's someone in the club or someone's been kind of saying, "Oh, don't these fans are whinging about it." But yeah, it's it's very odd, and I think this this is going to roll a little bit. So I remember when Hurst came in, you know, I don't think it was straight after he came in, but I remember him talking about the whole highest position thing in a certain amount of time and, and this, that and the other. But, you know, you're right. I think that guy, the, the view from the Coracle tweet is quite interesting because when Hurst came in and did a better job in his first games than Ricketts done, um, he had training ground that flooded all the time. He had no changing rooms. They were doing all the building work, weren't they, trying to sort it all out? Yeah. They were often having to go over to Lillishall and Telford's TCAT to train and stuff. You know, they had it much harder to try and sort things out there. He probably, in anything, when Hurst came in, had a much worse squad than what Ricketts inherited or, or at least was able to build over the over the period. So it, it is interesting. I, I do but think But also Hurst right, used to always but pains to say that he wants to raise expectations. Yeah, I do. And now you've got a manager who's saying you guys should... Well, my interpretation of what he was saying was that you guys should be happy with what you're getting, which is... No, I'm not. I mean, I mean especially after last season. I know it has raised expectations, but uh, no, I didn't think we were going to get third or be in the... I don't know. I've got... I've got I don't know. I don't really agree with that, Glenn. Uh, in pre-season, when fans start talking about expectations for next season, most people take in mid-table. And I don't think yeah. mid-table is an unrealistic expectation. No, it's not. I, I would have took... I say I would have took 16th as, as maybe my, my lower expectation for this season. No way did I expect us to be finishing in, in you know position that we, we might... We might end up in a better position now than we are now. But the point is, it will be very tight, won't it? I, I thought we would have done better than we did this year. But I would want my manager to come out and say, no, actually, he, he came in at the start saying he wants to go for promotion again and turn things around and get into the playoffs. And now, now all of a sudden he's bringing out this one about, oh, 16th, 16th. It is a bit weird, isn't it? And I want a manager to just continually be trying to strive to move this football club on and, and take us forward. I did allude to this earlier on about how we are in the best position we've been in for years. This is our time to kick on. It's our time to be better. We've done the 10 years of growing from a, a League 2 team with a new stadium, new meadow, establish, establishing ourselves more in League 1. We've kind of got that bit done now. Last season was maybe the, the kickstart to something better. But it, but it hasn't been, has it? And I don't want us to slip back into being what we were before. You know, I want us to keep having our, our lofty dreams and higher expectations. I don't think we're ever going to win the league, but it's certainly there's no reason why, as Shrewsbury Town fans, we should not be looking to think we've got a team that can finish in the playoffs or on the fringe of it. Coventry are doing it. They've got no money. They've got no ground. That was echoed by Brian Caldwell, you know, in terms of when we're talking on um, the special with Brian, that, you know, we should be aiming to, to get up into the championship. You didn't say anything specific about that, but, you know, he's saying there's no reason why we can't try. And obviously, yeah. yeah, Paul Hurst is a testament to that, Burton a testament to that. Exactly. Rot, um, Rotherham are not a huge, much bigger club than us. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Um, it was just like we said at the start, there is lots of talking points at the moment, um, which brings us on to, to silent news. They made all the running with Ian Stevens making it 2-0 after 10 minutes of the second half. So silent news this week, we're going to literally just have a bit of a focus on Ricketts, aren't we? Because I think it's it's fair to do it now um, after we've reached the same manager amount of games that Askey had that Ricketts had. But before we do that, there was one thing I wanted to read out to say. Um, I was going to give a shout out to Corbin and all the other Shrewsbury Town and the community participants taking part in a sponsored walk from the Old Meadow to the Montgomery's Waters Meadow on Saturday. 
morning before the Pompey game, so they're walking walking that game up there. Um, and I think it's the community game on Saturday. They're usually playing the community game against Pompey, so there'll be lots of stuff going on for that as well. But yeah, they're they're walking up there, sponsored walk, and I think they're having like a half time lap of honour as well, which would be nice. So yeah, I think my my point is fair play to all those guys doing it, and um, yeah, give them a clap at half time really. So who, whatever happens on Saturday, that'll be the that'll be a positive at least. Yeah, no, so that's good to hear. That's good to hear. <laughs> good stuff. But um, on less, the negatives, less, back to Ricketts. Good to hear. Is, yeah, so there was a bit of um, discussion. This morning on Twitter about um, about performances and, and the last few games and stuff. Um, basically, in response to my summary of the game, saying basically you know the form has been fine and the form is really good. So that kind of wanted me to just go and to to show to get a bit of data and understand where we are. And it's really really freaky. But um, to to like two decimal places, the points per game under Askey and Ricketts is exactly the same. It's one point zero six. Yep. Um, and one point a game is, is obviously not very good. Yeah, I don't know what your thought was on that, Glenn. Are you surprised, or is that how it, does that feel? Obviously, the, the points in the last few games has obviously brought Ricketts back up because he was he was lagging behind Askey. He was at 0.87 a few weeks ago when we last looked at it, wasn't it? Which is which is why I'm not surprised with the wins he's got back up to whereabouts Askey is. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm over, I think we've done this to death I'm overall surprised by how bad he's done in general. I, I couldn't see anyone coming in who could be worse than Askey. No. And he managed to do it. And that, that takes a special kind of shit, to be honest with you. And, you know, whether it's... He's not really had any excuses. He hasn't had major injuries. He's not had really significant suspensions. No, to be back to in the transfer window. <laughs> he's had tons of money to spend. He's got Dave Edwards in. He's he's been able to manage all of the things that he wanted. He's using his own rotation policy. No one's you know Four telling him what coach. to do. He's had everything he wanted. He's had it all, and he's he's dropped a bollock, frankly. And I, I've said my piece about where I think Ricketts is. I, I wouldn't be bothered if he walked out the door tomorrow or if we sacked him. So um, I'm not surprised, Ollie. And and if he doesn't get. If one point six, so if we take a point now in every game between now and the end of the season, it'll go down to the last day of the season. So he cannot continue to be as crap as he's been in the first eighteen games. He's got to get his record better than it was across those games. It has slightly improved recently. Maybe that kind of form might keep us up. Even then, there's no way we won't go into the last two games without needing something. So it's going to be nail biting, mate. And is he the man to do it? We will find out. I'm not. I think the only thing that could save us this season is, is there's a lot more worth teams out there but then you say that Wimbledon's starting to pick up points now they're not bottom anymore Bradford are Walsall are down in the narrow relegation zone and I think we can only pray that there's going to be worse teams than us um, and we're not going to get into that but yeah who knows I've got no idea where we're going to end up at the moment um, it's not good and yeah it's a lot Rask ask, um, Ricketts is also putting pressure on himself in terms of how he's preparing for games so there's a lot of discussion and a lot of kind of anger about like Doherty was the example this weekend. So I did a little poll in the week just for 24 hours, got um, over 150 votes. And I said, like, no, what do you want to see? Do you want to see Ricketts stick to his like the best 11 or do you want a bit of rotation? And overwhelmingly, <laughs> over 95% of fans said they want to see the best 11. So, you know, asking fans, just it's obviously it's quite a, a one-dimensional view, but on terms of asking for a vote... But one of the things that, you know, you always talk and, you know, we all read when we hear football and we all talk about, you know, you hear like, you know, players like Gary Neville talking about his time at Man United. And he always talks about relationships with players, you know, about how the relationship he had with with, um, with Beckham in front of him. And when you were changing your team this frequently, and let's say, mm. you know, the season started again, didn't it, in January transfer when we got loads of new players. Yep. And if you've got a team that are not playing together regularly, it's going to make the process of building a team even harder. And for me, that's why it's, I'm really surprised where he hasn't gone, right, this is my best team, I'm going to play you for two free games and not make any changes. And 
I think it's fair to say that the, the rotation policy is 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 kind of putting a bit of pressure on Ricketts because okay, when it pulls when he pulls it off against Roch, against Doncaster, absolutely fantastic and it works. But more often than not, as we mentioned earlier, his points per game ratio um, is not very good. It's just frustrating the fans, and you need the fans back in the team at the moment, and he's not helping. No, and it takes the pressure off the players in some respect because you're more likely to complain and put point fault at the manager for the stupid rotation thing that no one likes than you would say the players because you say oh well they didn't play very well today but it's disjointed isn't it they're not used to playing with each other blah 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 yeah that's fine uh, maybe maybe doing it to take pressure off the players but frankly after seeing what happened on Saturday I think the pressure is coming on the players more and more anyway but I hate it I hope he stops it I hope he plays a consistent team um and I guess the, the question then Ollie for us is what would what would your team be then if you were going to pick a team now to play the last nine games and not not have a change what would you pick so yeah first of all I'd change formation Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't play three at the back. I'd play of kind of the basically I'd play the Paul Hurst formation, which is my favourite yeah. formation. The the four three three, which turns into a four five one when you defend him. So I would play um, Goldburn left back. I'd play Williams and Waterfall central defence because that's the best of what we've got. Um, and then Bolton right back because Bolton is a natural right back. Yep. Then yep. I would, that means that then I'd play um, I'd play Norburn in the kind of defend more defensive position role. I'd play Laurent. Um, who is actually the change on Friday? I would have put um, um, Grant in the team, but yep. actually, I'd actually play Norburn there at the moment. And I think Lauren offers a lot in terms of legs. And then I'd play Doherty. Then I'd play a front, front three of um, Wally on the right, um, Faye up front, and then I'd play um, um, obviously Campbell on the left, who have obviously licensed to come in and tuck in. Mm-hmm. And the, for me, that would, the whole reason I'd play that formation is one, you, you get in more men in midfield. You'd get more men in, in, up front, but also for me, you get Wally playing in, in his best position, as we've seen in the in the dying day um, minutes of the game against Wickham. Paul um, um, Wally will do a job at wing back. You know, he puts his shift in, but he's not a natural, um, not a natural wing back. Get him in that position where he's going to kind of have the best impact on the game. Get your best two strikers on the pitch and get mm. Doherty in the team um, yep. and then Norbert in the team. And for me, that would be the, the, the formation and the team that we'd play for. I don't yep. know what your thoughts on that are and what would you do? I think. I mean, I'd be tempted to change the team as well. I don't think, if, I, if I'm talking about these last nine games of the season, I don't think you'd do that. I think it's too late to really dick around with the teams. They've trained in this one bloody tactical season. They're likely to play five at the back now going forward for the last nine games, I, I think. without with there's, there's, I can't see them changing it. So when I, when I thought of picking a team, I thought, well, I'll stick with the tactic that we've got. Um, but I can see the merit in changing the team. I think it would bring more out of our players. I just don't think... I think that's the last thing Ricketts will do, to be honest with you. But there we go. So I, I'd play Arnold and Goal, similar, and I'd play, I'd play a similar back line to what we have now. So I'd play Haynes instead of Goldborn as the left wing back. Um, I'd play Beckles, Waterfall and Williams. So I would have Waterfalls in. I, I wouldn't put Sadler back in. Um, and I'd play Bolton instead of Wally. I've, I've grown frustrated with Wally. He offers us so much going forward, but he's not a good wing back, and he's left us exposed a few times. So I put Bolton back in the team there. Although he's been good at centre back, Bolton. But he is more of a defensive defence, defensive full back than an attacking one. I think then that you've got your your attacking players that get you out of trouble, and, and we're conceding a lot of goals still, Ollie. I think it would it'd still be difficult for us to play less than five defenders. I just don't think we're good. We're not conceding a lot, but we are conceding consistently, and we're giving yeah, we're away soft goals. We're conceding with five at the back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So and a defensive midfielder. Exactly. Yeah. But I'd, so I'd stick with I'd still stick with Grant there. I still think he's the best in that role personally. Um, 
And then I play Doherty and Norburn as my two more attacking players. I don't think he can do without Doherty's drive. And I think Norburn's slightly better than Laurent. And then I'd play Faye and Campbell. I think you've got to play them too the rest of the season. So, yeah, Edwards wouldn't get in my team. I wouldn't play Wally because we don't play with wingers. And without play, if we're not got a winger in the team, I, I wouldn't play with it. I appreciate you getting your team because it's a different tactic. So that, that's what I'd do. And I'd stick with that for nine games and just let them get on with it. Um, but we've had, we had a few other people, didn't we? So Owen Brain sent us his team in. Um, his was similar to mine, but he had Sadler in uh, instead of Waterfall with Williams and Beckles as centre-backs, which is interesting. Um, and then he had Haynes and Bolton, same as me, as, as the wing-backs. And then Grant, um, but this time he'd be sitting behind Laurent and Doherty, so he'd have those two in, no Norburn. And then he had the same two strikers, Faye and Campbell. So yeah, it's sort of a, a slight change on, on what we would uh, have. And then Jamie Burgoyne also stuck with the tactic we've got now. Um, and he had uh, Sadler as well back in the team. Um, but he had Goldborn starting, so it shows you that some people do slightly rate him. Um, and then the rest of his team was similar to mine. But he would have Wally up front with Faye. So it does show you, even within that tactic we got now, people would still have p- people in different positions. And I think the, my overall view on that, Ollie, is that, frankly, no one's really stood out consistently no. across the whole season. There's an argument to play anyway. But he has. He's the one, yeah, he is the one, I suppose. And Grant as well in his position. It's difficult to justify him not playing, I suppose. But, yeah, interesting. Interesting in terms of team selection. I mean, yeah, I, I can't see us changing the tactic, but... Uh, that's it, really. I mean, is there anything else to say on Ricketts, really? I think we should leave it there and, and yeah. you know, will we visit this next week? I think you, the last thing you want to say is you had some stats on um, the League One probabilities for staying up um, based on, I can't remember the guy that does it on Twitter now. Yeah, it's a guy called Bernard does it on, on the, um, does it on Twitter on Experimental um, 361 where he does load of data and stuff, which is like, yeah, the only real access we get to data at our level. Yes. So he does it basically on, basically it's all based on, um, on XG data and... Um, in, on a positive sense, he has Shrewsbury Town staying up um, with Gillingham, Scunthorpe, Southend, Warsaw, Wimbledon, Rochester, and Bradford below us. Yeah. Um, and puts us at a 15% um, chance to be relegated, which gives us some confidence that we're hopefully going to stay up. Now, the, the, funny, the funny thing about the FC, the XG is, you know, defensively, we've got quite a strong XG, but we keep conceding goals. Um, so, yeah, but that's mm. just a, a different a statistical look at how we're getting on, and hopefully we can kind of stay up and you know at the moment right now that's where i probably think we'll probably will finish um i think i think it'll be more about other people um poor performance um rather than our own and you know we've got the next four games we've got a really tough one first and after that we've got some winnable games yeah as awful as, awful as it felt like we've been and, and still not picked up a massive amount of points recently it's better than some of the other teams down with us at the moment who are in absolute free fall and that is what's saving us at the moment in all honesty um but you, I'll just ask you one last question on that then. So if they've given us a 15% chance of relegation statistically, how do you feel personally? What would you put our chance of relegation at as a percentage? 15 or would you be different? Oh, um, I don't know. After Tuesday, I was kind of like 60-40 in kind of <laughs> thinking we're going to get down. Um, I, I have no idea, mate. It's just... Really? You have no idea what team's going to turn up, do we? No. I'm about 50-50. And performances are dire. So people keep going on about um, kids saying, oh, it's not about performances, but... Performances is, is what drive games, you know, over a course of a, a season, if your performances are good, yeah, you vent, you've, on average, you would normally get more points. So performances are not giving us any confidence. Now, we got very lucky against Wickham. Um, we managed to get three points. A couple of lucky performances, lucky mm. wins. Um, maybe we can yep. stay up, yeah. but I don't know. It's so hard to predict. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put any money on I certainly wouldn't put any money on us winning. Go, I was going to go to the wire. I'm convinced. I'm convinced it's going to go down to the Warsaw game with us needing like like a point to stay up. That's my initial prediction. Nine games out, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I think we'll wrap this podcast up because it's been really tricky. It's it's such, such an hard week to to really 
nail down what the hell's going on really I suppose but I think we've done our done the best job we possibly could but we'll just look at the predictions I got it right I went for a two on win to town so I'm 17 points ahead of you now in the predictions that we do so I think I'll be looking forward to a nice uh, present in the summer obviously we've got Portsmouth at home on Saturday which is a tremendously difficult game regardless of what the hell's gone on this week they are in form they are looking to go up and it's going to be trouble for us um so I'm just going to leave it there Ollie and say I think we'll lose 3-1 yeah Pompey's going to be really really tough um the beat's gone for 2-0 Okay, and before that, they had a couple of kind of um, tricky results. They beat, well, they thrashed Bradford 5 1, lost to Charlton, um, lost to Walsall away, but they beat um, Scunthorpe 2 0 um, on the weekend. I don't know, is it going to be the return of, is uh, McGivery going to have a storming performance in goal, and is, is Bryn Morris going to come and, come and do something special? Um, who knows? Um, it's going to be, I just, I don't know, Pittman always seems to do well against us. Um, and yeah, they've got one of the best strikers in the league. So I, oh God. I, I can't see us winning. I, I predict us we're going to lose maybe, I don't know, 2 0. Mm, okay. Not so positive. And and we'll wrap this podcast up, but I thought it would be funny. Before we started recording tonight, I don't know this, but I said to, I said to everyone who's already follows on me on Twitter, I think I've got about 3,500 followers on Twitter now, but um, uh, mostly all town fans. Um, yeah, is there anything you think we need to cover on this week's Soundcast, Ollie? So here's what people put says, where do you start? So this was Andy Lewis on Twitter. He said, where do you start? Edward signing, highest paid player at the club, clearly not played for 18 months. Why did he start over Doxy? That's a tick. We did that, Ollie. Um, then there was another one that was, um, is there a rift between certain players? Is that what Askey and Ricketts can't sort out? We didn't really cover that, did we, Ollie? But a little could, bit, but yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Then maybe there is a rift. Um, it says, if we survive this year, next, sorry, that was uh, Andy Hamilton said that. Then we had Dan Rogers. If we survive this year... Out of our current squad, who do you want to see playing next year and who do you want to see replaced over the summer? I'm going to leave that one down for a few weeks. We will definitely cover that in a few weeks' time. So thanks for sending us a text, a, a, a Twitter on that. Um, Mark Lynch, this is the one I want to ask you, Ollie. Do you find it hard to warm to this team, considering we're nine months into the season? Yeah, I don't have any connection to this team whatsoever. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, but you don't no, do. You're not last good. season. Like, you just think... It's true. You know, yeah, I, I I even in the course of this season, I tweeted that this team and got likes from Ben Goffrey and uh, people like that. Mm. I'm not really that asked about anyone. Like I think Faye's a good player. Well, Doc, Greg Doctor's not obviously not here next season. Yeah, <laughs> no, no yeah, it's not really. Isn't it? It's not that warmth, is there? And that's what causes causes a lot of the, the anger, I think. But um, yeah, Ash Gamer sent us one saying, "Should Ricketts go if we lose next week?" Well, I think you should go now. Ollie, you're on the fence, aren't you? So we covered that. So it's I just think that we're going to sack a manager now. Um, no. You're just going to see him. You're going to see him out to the end of the season. My question would be more: Is he going to be with us? Um, next who's going to be and as I said earlier in the pod who on earth is going to be the manager and who on earth is going to be the first 11 um, yeah. if you can get I think if anyone could guess three of those things so 12 first 11 and the manager if anyone can get three of them from now I think they'd be doing unbelievably well true and then there's the last three that I think we did cover Matty Beeston asked us what formations we would play so we've just done that Anti Price, would you persist with Ricketts and bring in a more? Should we persist with Ricketts and bring in a more experienced assistant? So we we have covered That's Ricketts, a gap, but I, isn't it? That's a gap yeah. assistant. It's very odd. Yeah, I think we should. I think he should have an assistant or someone senior there. And he had one at Wrexham and then hasn't had one here. So it's a bit odd, a bit odd that he hasn't continued the the use of an assistant manager. But yeah, obviously the the coin and Ricketts and uh, Ramsey thing we've talked about. So maybe that fills a gap. But it does does feel a bit odd to not have any experience on that bench with more than sort of twenty games at management. And then Owen Brain, um, who sent us one of his uh, teams as well, didn't he? He said, and this is the last thing I wanted to wrap up with you, Ollie. How many points do you think we will need to be safe this season? Oh, I think maybe like 52, 53. I think it's going to be that. Yeah, I think I think 52 is a good good shout, actually. So, um, uh, yeah, that's good. That was it, really. The, the last thing I wanted to read out before we go, um, 
on to uh, wrapping up the podcast was Robert Jones sent me a message said I've got no problems with Ricketts staying long term as long as he completely changes his approach to management style of football and rotation policy <laughs> I thought it was quite funny so yeah that was uh, that did was you it, give really. a Pompey prediction I did I said we'll lose 3-1 right at the start oh, okay. of it, so there we go I'm, I wasn't feeling too positive um, but yeah that's it I think it's been an extra long podcast but it's an extra long difficult season Ollie so I think it's fairly reflective of where we are and a lot to unpack in a two game week so yeah uh, hope everyone enjoyed it um, yeah if there's anything sure. we said you don't agree with happy to yeah please share happy to, we're happy to have debate and discussion we're happy to be proved wrong on things so yeah tell us what tickets it's fine. We can take it on the chin. We're big boys. But, you know, I, I appreciate that everything we say on this podcast is not going to go down well with everybody. I'm sure there are people who will be annoyed that I'm not happy with Ricketts and I want him gone. But, Salavi, we all have opinions on football. My opinion is no more valid than anyone else's. This is just, we start this podcast to give a view We're of football. We're just daft enough to do a podcast exactly, every week. Exactly. And, you know, I'm not telling anyone what to think. This is my view and my view alone. I'm sure people agree. I'm sure people disagree. But it's all good-natured banter and it's all good-natured discussion online and I think that's what we like to see, isn't it, Ollie? So, um, yeah, on to the next one. Hopefully we can do something pretty special against Portsmouth next week and continue that little step forward to keeping ourselves safe that we all want. So um, cheers for listening, guys, and catch you next Sunday. The Anna, sorry, hold on. Anna's just interrupted me. I'll have to start again. Sorry, I thought you finished. No, no. What's all the banging? Nothing. I thought you were finished. Uh, sorry. No. <laughs> I'll be like another 20 minutes. No, it's just taking a lot longer than normal. Oh, because I'll leave the toilet and then we just start chatting.